if you're not planting that kind of seed, the decade-long generational seed every day, then you never get to see the forest grow. Hi guys, welcome back to the Lead Fast Podcast. My name is Daniel, I'm your host, and we have a number of people with us today. This is going to get really crazy, really quick. Um, but we're going to do the same thing that we did the last episode, which is where we play a conversation on the couch. And we're going to dive into that. But then we're going to move on to, uh, if you can see, we have some cards laid out here and we have more people, but we're going to get into that a little later. So go ahead and let's roll the conversation on the couch and we'll dive into that. Listen, here's the deal. In life, you've got to be good to people, even the terrible ones. You've got to let those people just be those people because it can't affect you. Don't lose sleep over people being their base nature. Like when bad people are bad people, they just stay bad people. That doesn't mean that you can't be a good person. That doesn't mean you have to be bad to them. How else will they know that they're different? Like, right? How else will they know that that standard of attitude and action and behavior is not acceptable in the real world if they're not seeing it in us as leaders? When you have teammates that have bad attitudes, when you have vendors and business partners that cheat and lie and steal and all that stuff, because that really happens. I've, I've had it happen. I've seen it happen. That the standard for everyone else around you. Find that good place in you and get to it. All right, so bad yep. people being bad people. Let's talk about that. We have good people, we have bad people. Um, and, and we what, have people transitioning from one oh, or the yeah, other, right? Constantly, yeah. from, from one side to the other. So what, what does it look like? Uh, obviously, I would like to assume that you're one of the good people. Um, you would think. I would think, I would hope. But let's let's assume that you are for the sake of this sure. conversation. And uh, so let's talk about being a good person uh, in business specifically yeah. with bad people. So you've ran into, it sounds like all kinds of forms of bad people being bad people. Uh, how did you stay a good person in the midst of bad people? Because those people don't have anything to do with me. And we, we had partners, like our first business, we had, we were, there were three of us that formed that business. We had to like sue to get that partner out of the business. Like, cause Yikes. he wasn't pulling his weight and doing, I mean, he was fabricating things and embezzling money. Like there was all this craziness that went along with it. But we went into business with him because we fully believed that he was a good person. Mm-hmm. We knew him, you know, like we had spent dozens and dozens of hours. We were friends, um, but we had never done a business relationship with him. Uh, so it developed while you guys were- Yeah, doing- so we were oh, friends okay. first and like had spent, you know, literally countless hours hanging out. We were really good friends. and. Um, sort of the three of us went into business together. And when you're friends with someone and you only ever do the fun stuff, you never know their right. character. Yeah. Like everybody's good in good times. But it was when the business wasn't performing and he had actual like accountability that his character fell apart. Mm-hmm. And that's where we really saw people. But multiple times the opportunity to like be a good person was presented and he chose over and over to be a bad person. What I, what I realized in that point, like in that moment, was that he wasn't choosing. He just was. That's who he was. It's and who he was. Yeah. And, and he could change. He could be better. He could do different things. But for him to do differently, he would have to choose. What he was doing was not choosing. Mm-hmm. He, was cho- he was just being who he was. Um, and so everybody always talks about people being like, as if they're neutral, everybody sits at zero and you could go one way or the other. You could go into the negative or you could go in the positive, but everybody's base neutral is zero. And that's just not true. Right. Like because of circumstances, like maybe we're all like born base zero, 
maybe we're all born base zero, but like the moment you start figuring out how much you need to cry to get the milk that you want, then you become selfish. Yeah. Like, cause you don't know selflessness. Mm-hmm. So you, so you start reacting to your environment to get your wants and needs met however you need to do it. And then you, as you mature, your parents discipline out the bad behaviors, right? And so that's that's the importance of discipline. But some people don't grow up with the advantages of parents. Some people don't grow up with the advantages of parents who had parents. Yeah. And so generationally it gets bad. Like there's lots of ways to excuse out bad behavior, but at the end of the day, overlooking it just makes you a victim. If you can excuse it, it makes you a victim. But if you can say, hey, I'm going to hold you accountable accountable to a standard of like basic human politeness, at least at a minimum, yeah. then you know what? Now I don't have to be a victim. Now I can realize that this has nothing to do with me. And now I can say, hey, look, look, look I get it. Here's what I believe. I believe you have the ability to do better. I don't know that you have the knowledge to do better. And so I can do one of two things. I can help you by giving you knowledge and telling you this isn't acceptable. I can help you by showing you and giving you knowledge and saying, looking at the example of the rest of the good people in the world, this isn't acceptable. Or I can just let you continue on being a terrible person. And if you value people and you want them in their lives, you've got to be a conduit that they can learn that something's better. That's why leader, because other than that, it gets real lonely. Yeah. Because if everybody else treated everybody else like that, the moment you were a bad person, people would just exit you out of their lives, right? right? right. And so you've got to be willing to say, hey, I get it for lots of reasons. I can give you an, I can give you a reason, but I won't give you a pass. I'm not going to give you an excuse. I can give you a reason. I understand the reasons why you acted this way. That's not an excuse. You can't act this way. Yeah. It's not acceptable. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm doing this out of love for you because I want you to be a part of my life. But that's not a reasonable thing to do if you're a part of my life. And so so bad people sometimes are just bad people. Yeah. Nobody is base neutral. Nobody is at zero waiting to go one way or the other. And none of the responsibility for where they begin is on you. Because you just have to interact people where they are. You know, with our country right now, so crazy. And everybody's like, look at all the rioters. Like, well, some of them are just people that are like negative 50 acting like people that are negative 50. Yeah. Some people are people that were ne- that were positive 12 and something traumatic happened to them. And they're reacting out of that trauma. Yeah, yeah. And that trauma drove them to a negative number where they would do something that's normally outside of their character right. as a reaction. Some people are <clears throat> engaging themselves in the best way to cause change by being great people, mm-hmm. being leaders. Like those people are really engaging in, in causing change to happen. And they may be referencing all the trauma that's happening, but they are refusing to engage in it and saying, I'm, I'm not going to cause equal trauma, you know, because then you right, just, right, you just right. start batting the ball back and forth from one side of the zero to the other. Right. Um, and then we've talked about that in another like thing where you just got to stand in the middle and keep the pendulum from swinging. Right. So you've got to be able to like bring some sort of like central view but that's important because you've got to understand that some people are bad people. There are, there are people throwing Molotov cocktails at police officers. Those are bad people. They're trying to hurt another person. There's no level of acceptable outrage where you would hurt a stranger because right. you don't know if they hold the views that you're outraged against. But hey, if somebody's coming at you and you're defending yourself and, yeah. you, and it's apparent that they hold a view that's going to hurt you, Smack them in the face with a oh, yeah. Molotov cocktail. Yeah. I don't care. But when you're when you are at mass trying to hurt people, 
then you just became the other people right. that you're so enraged about. Yeah. And we've got to keep people from doing that, right? From from going to a nature that's opposite of where they would normally be. Um, so yeah, sometimes bad people are just bad people. In those instances, good people have to be good people. I read today, um, Dr. Tony Evans said, um, we're all complaining um, to God about what's wrong, but he's waiting on all of us to do what's right. Ooh. And so we can't, wow. We yeah, so like, so we're all like going, hey, look, have you seen what's wrong down here? And he was like, yeah, but I got all the right down there too. Right. All the right, there's as much right as there is wrong. I'm waiting on all the right to go be its base nature, which yeah. is right. Man, this got deep real fast. That's I'm sorry. Good. That's good. Though. That's like we pulled a yellow card. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to the yellow cards. It's going to go in deeper. No, that's, not if I can help it. I'm, no, not, no. I'm not touching You're the yellow cards. You're specifically going to yell. Well, that's good. I mean, uh, what, what would you say from a employee standpoint? So you are, I assume that's from the viewpoint of the employer, maybe working with other people, yeah, either, yeah. you know, colleagues or people under them. But if you're that person that comes into work nine to five, then there's that person that just sucks the life out of the room every time they walk in. And yeah, you smack Karen sometimes, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, the Karens of the world. So if you, you know, if you're in that situation and you don't have Molotov cocktails, how do you handle this? Uh, you can a, steal her stapler. Okay, that's that's one. <laughs> that's one. Um, but but being a good person yeah. is like adding light to, for lack of a better term, the darkness that's there. So by you being like as good as you can be. You put their focus on, without saying it to them, how bad they are. Yeah. How often should you do that or put yourself at the mercy of somebody else? Always. You know, always. Okay. So you, you you sit there and you stick it out. Like just, you just keep being yourself and you don't let them Here's you. here's Here's what you're saying if you don't. And I think people quit because they don't understand this. What you're saying if you don't stick it out is that that other person's not worth it. Ooh. That when you say, hey, and I, you know what? I'm more valuable than this. Like that's, that's like, that's selfish, right? Mm -hmm. So like, you know what? I don't have to keep myself here and get injured. I can just, I can, I can remove myself from the situation. What you're actually saying is I've made the determination that you're not worth my effort anymore. So you have a fundamental obligation to be that good person. I don't know if, I don't know if you're obligated to it. What I do know is that you're not as good as you think you are if you don't. This is deep. This like you think a, you're a 25, right? Yeah. But you're probably more like a three and a half if you're willing to walk away from a person who's struggling. Yeah. So you're a lot close. You're a lot more like them than you probably want to believe. Wow. Because you're willing to just leave them hanging. That's so. So that's that's sort of my my thought on it. Well, that's uh, that's hard to swallow. I mean, that's that's a hard pill to swallow because I, I'm the, I've I'm being guilty of it too. Where you know you're just in those situations and you don't want to be around those people. And you've done as much as you feel like you can, and you just check out and whatever. But man, that's uh, that makes sense. You know, be the be the good. When there is no good, you, you know, be the yeah. Good. And for everybody watching, just for the sake of the whole story, so every so in case he's watching too, that third partner that I talked about at the beginning, I was never really angry. I was super disappointed. But it took me a good six months, and then I reached out to him and I wrote him this long letter and said, "Hey, listen, I understand some things about this now that I didn't understand then." I know that you felt the pressure because he was in charge of sales to make our company succeed. And that was overwhelming. And you didn't, I didn't have an open door of communication for you to talk about overwhelming. And so that became overwhelming and you shut down. And so I understand the results I was getting better now because now it's on me to do your job. And I understand the pressure that I didn't understand then. Okay. And, and I reached out and I, and I said, Hey, listen, and I just want you to know for my part, like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I, I said some things. I'm sorry I treated you a certain way. I'm sorry I didn't have an open door. 
and we were able to come to like terms on that, you know. Yeah. And and it didn't mean that our relationship continued or resumed because it didn't. But it did mean that I owned my part in that situation. Yeah. I had some moments of growth where I realized I thought I was a 25 and I was really a 6 and I was determined not to stay a 6. And so, you know, that that was that moment where I had to like do something different with what I'd done in the past. We talk a lot about farming here, right? Because I grew up on a farm and how like the fruit that you expect and the fruit that you want never comes from seed that looks like that fruit, right? Like you always plant something completely different yeah. into the ground and then you get this fruit out of it. Like an orange seed doesn't look like an orange. orange yeah. um, so for me, I never wanted to do that again. I didn't want to repeat those behaviors. What I needed to plant was the humility to go back and ask for forgiveness. And there's a lot of people that are listening probably that are like, you know what, I don't ever want to act like that in, in my business and in my organization and I don't ever want to treat like that and, and or I don't want to show up and be mad at the guy in the cute cubicle next to me always. Well, if you ever want to see fruit that's like joy and patience and all those things, then you're going to have to plant humility. Mm-hmm. Like you have to. It is what it is. Right. And, and, it, and if you don't have an opportunity to plant humility in the situation you're currently in, it's not too late to plant humility in situations that you were in like old dirt. You yeah. can put good seed in old dirt and it's right. still going to grow a tree. Like there's the, the earth has been here for thousands of years. People are always putting new seed into old dirt and seeing good trees come out of it. So you can have old experiences and go back and plant humility in them and see fruit in the in the present by planting yeah. seeds in the past. Wow, I think also too, that guy. I was like, no, that, that yeah. was some like Gandhi stuff. Yeah. I, I was I was trying to follow the logic circle of my own yeah. thought when I was saying, and I was like, wait, wait we're we back to the future. And then we came back. Doc said we don't need no we don't need fuel there like gas like the trash. Okay, I'm I'm good. I, I think I got it right. I still it's gonna take me 15 minutes to catch up. <laughs> um, I also think to that point. If you can't handle the people that come in that you work beside now, when you come in, just the coworker in the cubicle beside you, when you scale up, I mean, hopefully that's everybody's goal is yeah. to, you know, to yeah, make progress. Sure. You're not going to be able to do that on a larger level with somebody who might have more uh, power, authority in their job than you do. You yeah. know, um, so that that's good stuff. Right. So if you're failing at something and it's getting overlooked because you're at a small scale, every level up gives more exposure mm-hmm. and every level up gives more um more consequences. So, you know, you're, um, it's called the Peter principle, but you can get, you can get promoted to incompetence. Like, you know, you can just get, you can, cause you perform well, perform well, perform well. And people uh, promote you above. Eventually you get to the point where you can't perform because you just got promoted, but like now you're over your head. Well, because you were, you know, there was a level of competency that didn't exist at this level. You still got promoted. Now that's really visible. Mm -hmm. Well, there's not a level of humanity at this level and you get promoted, that lack of humanity is going to be visible too. So I feel when I got promoted to host this podcast, I was... That's true. <laughs> Which happened, honestly, 15 minutes before we started really, the podcast. It really did. It was like, hey, Daniel's funny. Let's make him host. There's other people that got recruited last minute too. We'll get into that later. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we have, yeah, we do have other people sitting here that yes. haven't talked for 20 minutes. So we are going to switch incredible. Uh, next, next time we do this, we'll go back into more conversation on the couch. We'll dive into more material, break it down with Tommy. But right now we're gonna switch gears. So we have Nate and McKinsey. We have good people. We have good people. Yeah, we have good people. So uh, <laughs> one, well, one for sure. At least we're still. We've only known McKinsey for like forty-eight hours. So we'll, we'll check back in like two weeks and we'll, we'll give you another verdict on that. So this is where things is gonna get very interesting, very fast. Yeah, I want to um, introduce everybody. Yeah. All right. So so this is Nate for everybody watching at home over here. It's I feel like someone's watching over my shoulder. Somebody it's is. really creepy. Yeah. yeah. Um. So so everybody watching at home. So I've known Nate. Um, geez, 20 plus years now. 
uh, <clears throat> Nate and I um, met each other in the first semester of college and became friends. Uh, I, had a, I had a really weird, we'll have to get into that one day, like up and down college story. And so I ended up at some point in time sleeping on Nate's couch at his house. Um, his mom let me like steal all their food while they were at school. I would like get into the chips and like eat an entire bag of Doritos because I was all like, I, I, I always wondered where those Doritos went. Man. <laughs> right. Like, do we have a huge mouse in this house or like? Yeah, it's, yeah, you're sleeping on a couch. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, um, furry button all. It's weird. Um, so that said that out loud. So, so me and Nate, um, Nate let me, Nate let me uh, pretend to play instruments in his band. Um, like, it really was. It was the worst. I was awful. Uh, but I, I played like percussion and we toured and like, so Nate's a musician. And, you play and, percussion? Yeah, bro. Like that, that was my first instrument. And I'm not bad. Um, I have a wicked cowbell. Really? Wicked, wicked cowbell. Uh, I had Man. one I had one cowbell. So like it goes back to, we talked about this in one of the other podcasts, um, that like I want to be heard, right? And I'll play loud. Well, I had percu- I had like congas and stuff. I had a full percussion set up. But his brother played drums like he was trying to like, kill somebody with the sound <laughs> of it. And I could never be so heard. So I had one thing that would rise above, and it was this big cowbell. And I played every song, bro, like ting, 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 ting. Oh, my gosh. Please tell me y'all did Dolphy of the Reaper. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> gotta uh, have more cowbells. Gotta have more cowbell. So we, so eventually the cowbell just went missing. And I was like, God, did I lose it somewhere? Like, like eight months, I had to play, like, bored out of my mind because nobody could hear me. Nate stole my cowbell, him and his brother, and threw it away, I think. Admittedly, I went from a 25 to a 3 because I'm like, I, it. <laughs> I, got, I went to, into theft. He sold it to Bob. Grand <laughs> Theft Cowbell. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Nate has seen me at negative numbers, right? Mm-hmm. And he's seen me, I think, probably in the times where I was being my best self, too. Um, and so I've known Nate for a long time. So when we started talking about, like, Let's get people like our good people, good people. I was like, oh, I know the best person. Like I'm like, and he can vouch for all my dumb stories. And so let's bring Nate on. Now the other part of this was, so Mackenzie's brand new here at Lead Fast, everybody. So this is Mackenzie, Mackenzie, everyone. Uh, and yeah. so she's she's like six years old. Um, six and a half. Six and a half, right? So Mackenzie just graduated college this year from the University of South Carolina with a degree in public relations and. Um, I met Mackenzie through another business that we own. So, and so she came to us in the hospitality industry um, and did a great job there and was super professional and respectful. And so then when we came to LeadFast, we were trying to find uh, like a personal assistant slash uh, all things marketing slash office manager slash everything else that a startup needs, right? So we're in startup mode. So it was like, hey, I know somebody that might be perfect for this. And so I text Mackenzie and like, it was the most like weirdest job interview because I was like, hey, do you want this job? And she was like, yeah. And I said, cool, come in. And then we did the interview, but she had already gotten the job. It was weird. And me and Justin were in the background, just in the middle of the interview. So. Yeah, yeah, because it was multiple people and she came in like, I was like, yeah, come in this time. But then a fire had happened. So she came in right in the middle of us, like trying to put out a fire. And I was like, this is it, have a seat. This is what we're doing. And, <laughs> and she got to see us like, you know, do something and um so anyways so she's here and i thought it would be fun to go with like maybe the person i know i still have a relationship the longest you know outside of a very few handful of people and someone i have hardly any relationship with and play this game all right so we have these cards right so they're six stacks of them they're all different colors the colors represent different categories and so some of them are really tough some of them ask some really uh deep thought provocative questions um and so we're going to do, you have a random. I do. I, I, I downloaded a number generator. Just so it's fair. So people aren't getting, you know. The same. The same one. By the way, the number you don't want to land on is four. That's like that's the yellow, yellow cards. 
and the yellow cards will make you cry. That's that's what we discovered. This is a yellow card. Yellow card. So let's. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a random, um, like so like yeah. So here we'll throw this card out. I don't want to answer this one anyway. Um, describe a time when you felt lonely. Like I don't. Mm. I'm already tearing up. I don't. I don't want to cry. So we're gonna we're gonna get rid of that card. So um. So we'll put that one over here. Not We're not help. answering. It's not going to help. It's not going to help. So we've it looked at these like cards a little bit. This is going to be hard. So I have a random number generator. So everybody pick a number one through six and put it under the table. Like one through five because you can. All right. Me too? Yeah, yeah. You're, right, you're in this too. All right. All right. So pick a number. I'm going to randomly guess the number and then, it, and then we're going to show our numbers. All right. You ready? All right. Show your number. Three, four. All right. So Wait, Daniel gets to go four? first. But do I pick so, from? No, no. So okay. I'm going to random. I just wanted to make sure who's going oh, first. Man. And we're going to go this way. So here we go. Daniel's going to go first. Three. Three. So you get a blue card. Okay. okay. I thought he got four and he was going right, to so, go four. So ask that. the question. In your peer group, who do you look to that has the most meaningful job? What could you learn from them? All right. So in your peer group, who do you look to that has the most meaningful job? Well, I have a very small peer group. <laughs> uh, let's see. Is that because you have lots of friends, but very few people that you think rise to the level That's of That's exactly peer? what I mean by that. <laughs> yeah. I have no uh, thousands of people, but there's only like six people that are as cool as me. Oh, man, level. this is a tough one. So in my peer group, who do I look to that has the most meaningful job? Uh, meaningful, I think, is subjective. That's fine. I'll say, can I, can I go interesting? Sure. Okay. I won't say their name, uh, OPSEC, Operational Security, but I know a guy who was the president's physician in the White House. And I think that was just a cool job. So uh, I, I don't know if you can even top that. I mean, that's what's the, the second. The what's the second question? There's the second question. What could you learn from them? How to be a, a physician for the president in the White House. I don't think I could learn anything from them at all. Uh, so if they're trying to teach me something and that knowledge needs to be applied somewhere, it's just... Okay. Everybody's out of luck. Okay. All right. So next question. This is fun. Are you guys? One? Oh, you got a four. She oh. got a yellow card. I want to ask you. I want to ask. Oh no. What? Oh, so this is good. You got an easy one. Well, then give her no. No. <laughs> what are five to ten accomplishments that you're really proud of? This job. This job. This job. She's been here. This blazer. Hours. Did I say the that? Blazer. The blazer. The blazer. This job. You should start with the graduating from college. Yeah. I was also very proud of that. Because you're from Midland Valley, and like six people have done that ever. Ever in the history. <laughs> and I have so, all my teeth. And you have all right, so there you go. Yeah. We're going to have to edit this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, we're not. I'm He's leaving that in. everyone. All right, here we go. Uh, Nate's turn. Three. Three. All right. Let's get a graduation cap on it. What are the three Career. most important things that children should be taught in school? We kind of talked about this a little bit reading, yesterday. Can we go reading, writing, and arithmetic? <laughs> the three R's. Can we do that? <laughs> um, wow. I think, you know, some of the things that, that my kids are learning have nothing to do with education. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's probably like a dichotomy there. But I think they're learning who they really are. And I think that's something that may be a byproduct of what the education system is, is teaching them. So they're not um, directly being taught that. Indirect yeah. in education. Gotcha. And uh, obviously, I think the primary way or avenue they should be learning is through, you know, their parents if they're, you know, mm -hmm. privileged to, to have parents. Um, but that's a tough one. Yeah. Three things that they should be Well, that's one. In school. I would say that's one. So <laughs> two more. Teach themselves. And more. go ahead. 
Yeah, so learning who they are, their identity, um, learning how to how to maneuver challenges in this world. I think that's something that should be taught. That's not necessarily taught. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're teaching history. You can you know learn not to repeat past mistakes, that sort of thing. But learning how to maneuver uh, challenges, problem solving, I think is a, is a big thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Here's the third thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish this thing because I'm just adamant about chomping it. at the bit. I right? know. Kids don't learn financial literacy. I knew it. I knew it. Yes. Rich dad, poor dad. Like, look, yo. Okay, let's. We're gonna stop. We're gonna give guy a. a Plug here. If you have not read the book Rich Dad Poor Dad, what are you doing with your Kaiser. life? Read it now. Stop read it now. Me. Like, okay, whatever. I'll, that's all I'm doing. He didn't pay me for that, so and then potential spam is calling. So we're gonna hang up on them. Um, he's calling to pay. You. Zero. I got zero. Hey, we got we got to make you. the minimum one. <laughs> Sorry, messed that up. I can't I can't operate the random six. All right, all right. That's a random one. Okay. Yes. The dice rolling the here, dice here. Read it. This is part of your okay. Forty eight hour. Try. Can she read? Yeah, can she read? <laughs> Which character from a book or movie would you most like to meet and why? Okay, so for me, Pinocchio. Pinocchio. Yeah, you knew that yeah. was coming, right? So I have this theory that Pinocchio, the Disney story Pinocchio, is a tragedy. Even though he turns into a real boy and everybody's happy at the end. This is insane, by the way. <laughs> so so for me, Pinocchio is a, tra is a tragedy because... He was a living, breathing, walking, talking pile of sticks. He was one of one in the entire universe. And his highest goal in life was to be a real boy. One of thousands in his village. Like, what a, I just can't wrap my head around that. Like, that he gets to be one of one, a miracle in the universe. And what he wants out of life is to be average. And I want to just shake his little ragdoll body and be like, what are you doing? Like, that's what I want to do. Like, and, and that for me has always been this like moment of like, ah, uh, I don't want to, like, I never want to be that kid. I don't want to be yeah. Pinocchio where I like forget what's special about me, what God mm -hmm. made me to be and just want to be average and like turn down my volume in the world. Like, so crazy to look at Pinocchio that way. I know. That's, wait, wait, it's going to mess amazing. up. That's, that's the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. It's going to mess up. We're gonna we'll have we'll go to lunch one day and I'll walk everybody through my like Pinocchio theory and book coming by the, the way book is coming, book is coming yeah. one day all right Daniel your turn are we doing it again four, four. Yeah. <laughs> all right, you, all right. <laughs> I'm having the most fun by the way if you can't tell this is me and my like happiest um, describe the moment you became a grown up oh that's easy uh, I was in basic training I was 27 years old so I should have already been a grown up. I was in basic training. I was on the bus going to meet my drill sergeants. The very second they stepped on the bus and started yelling, <laughs> I became a man. <laughs> the very second. And for the rest of that, like, I honestly, I don't understand how I functioned and operated before that happened. Like, I, I feel like in that one split second, I grew up so much. That may be a cop-out answer, but it's true. 27 years old, October the 2nd. Fort Sill, Oklahoma. No, it has to be true because you know the date. Oh, yeah. Drill Sergeant Creek, Drill Sergeant Sasser stepped on the bus, and I don't know, like, I, just something happened, man. It, okay, was, man. it was crazy. I love it. It's crazy. Thank you for your service, by the way. Right. I feel like I need to salute you guys. Yeah. <laughs> salute back. That's All awesome. right, your turn. Here we go. Oh, one. All right, Nate, you want to ask this one? Yeah. All right, describe what your life will be like in three years 
if you continue to allow your bad habits to stand in the way. Oh, I feel confronted asking this. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, you keep I've acting like a screw up. What's going to happen? Wow. Um, right now, her mom's at home going, yeah, just yeah. Like, yeah, tell me. Okay, wait, I'm scared. So, Repeat it one more yeah, time. Describe what your life would be like in three years if you continue to allow your bad habits to stand in the way. Can we talk about what those bad habits I are? I think my yeah. worst habit is probably doubting myself. So I just don't think I'd be able to reach my full potential where I could be in three years if I continue to let a lack of confidence get in the way of achieving my goals. Which is a really sweet way of saying world I love her answer, which is like, I think my baddest habit is not realizing how awesome I am. And I can miss out on being awesome. I can miss out. People more. can miss out on me being awesome. <laughs> A lot of people, you ask a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people I, say I'm awesome. I, Who are you, Donald Trump? Yeah, I know, I was say, we switch. Ask anyone. Oh, no. That's the best. All right. Yes, hey, superficial answers. That was so win. good. Yeah, she's like, I got in there. I got in there. I gave the pageant answer. This is too right? <laughs> Dude, first, The first love card. Oh, heart. List, <laughs> list the five people you spend the most time with. How have, oh, this is a two, this is a two part. So list the five people you spend the most time with. How have they affected your behaviors, thoughts, and life? Oh, man. Um, five. I know three of them That's right off the bat. So. Well, I, no, I know four of them right off the bat because he's got three kids and a wife. So, <laughs> Boom. My family, obviously, yeah. You can't give him the answer, um, Tommy. <laughs> no, my wife. So what was the follow-up? So, yeah. like, describe how they've... How they've affected your yeah. uh, behaviors, thoughts, and life. Yeah, so uh, my wife, obviously, is number one. Um you know, the person I spend the most time with and how she affected my thoughts, attitudes, behavior. This is a PG I, show too, by the way. I mean, <laughs> no doubt. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, a, I'm just a better person because of her. Like I make better choices. I, uh, I'm at my best self when I'm with her. Um, Tommy knows this. <laughs> um, I've, been at, I've been at negative numbers with him before and um, you draw that out of me, man. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you make me Facts. a better person too. Um, no, so she makes me a better person. Just, you know, the things I choose to do and yep. the way I behave. And uh, I think if, if you're married, your spouse should do that, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, obviously my kids, my kids, um, they impact me in, in ways that only a parent could know because of the way they affect your behavior. Like, I didn't know I had the capacity to love in the way that I do. Um, the fact that you would just willingly give up everything and you would sacrifice anything for your yeah. children. And I don't think you know that until you become a parent. Right. You know, when you when that first baby pops out of the out of the womb and you're just like in tears and just this immediate connection, you know? You cry. I did cry. I'm almost crying now. But we're <laughs> we're on a number two and not a number four. Um, yeah, so my brother, who I, I have a twin brother in Colorado, and obviously we've spent a lot of time together. And uh, I see, because we're twins, we're identical twins, I see the things that, the mistakes that he has made, and I don't make them. Because, like if he gets a bad haircut, I'm like, nope, I'm not gonna cut my hair that way. I'm not gonna do that style or whatever. And so it's more of learning from you know mistakes. Yeah. And uh, so he affects me in that way. Um, the, the influential people in my life, uh, you know, I think about my pastor, you know, obviously, you know, makes me a better person. All of these influence me in a way to, to, to bring me to a higher yeah. level. So 
That's four out of five. I think it's interesting. I never thought about this. If you have a twin brother, you can talk them into getting that haircut that you don't know is going to work for you, and then just see it. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh man, I've never thought about that. Anyways. Like you know, I wouldn't look good in prison in prison stripes. <laughs> I know that now. You guys, <laughs> sorry, Greg. <laughs> you guys, you guys, bother, you go into the barber, you go and get the same haircut, and then after you get to it, like. No, no you you go go first. back out immediately. Yeah. By the yeah. way, in college, I was the barber. Like I have, <laughs> oh, I've, right. given, I've, I've uh, yeah, yeah, I've given so many terrible, terrible haircuts. Same. All right, here's my turn. One, I get a one. Somebody help me out here. You want, Mackenzie? Sure. Describe what life will be like in three. Wait, this is the same one that I just uh, did. Somebody. I mean, it. unless you want to do it. No, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> What do you need to do by the end of the year to make this year meaningful? Um, I don't like honestly. If I do nothing by the end of the year, this year is meaningful. Like I, I don't think about that in the terms of year. Uh, you know, by the end of the year. Wait, if you do nothing? No, yeah, I've already accomplished enough to make this year meaningful. Oh, like I don't think about it in the terms of like what do I need to do by the end of the year? I get up every day, like. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's for me. Like that's how I live. Like I get up every day, going, "What can I do today that's going to make not this year but this decade meaningful?" I, yeah. I, that question inspires too like too low of like swing for the fence. Like mm-hmm. like that's a t ball question. I'm trying to like hit grand slams and the pros. Like I don't, every day for me is a chance to like make the next ten years meaningful. Yeah. Um, but like people don't play life at that scale, right? And so that's a big deal. Like that's why Lead Fast e- exists. That's mm-hmm. why we're listening to this podcast. That's like why we're shooting all this content because I want to inspire people to live life at a scale they couldn't imagine and understand that to do that, it's just deciding that the decisions that you were going to make today that were going to make today meaningful are the exact same decisions that make the next decade meaningful. Wow. Meaningful Because it's the same building block. So you couldn't make a decision today for the next 10 years because you don't have the resources that are going to change something for the next 10 years. But if your decision can make today meaningful, then it affects the next 10 years. It all builds on top of itself. Mm -hmm. So like the problem is, is that if you're not thinking about the next 10 years, you only make the decisions that last for a day. Like, like, so like it's, it's all harvest, right? So it's all, it's all that farming thing again. So it's like, you, you have to plant things that look different, right? right. So if you want to see uh, wealth in in 10 years, you have to plant a seed of discipline today, mm-hmm. right? But if you don't think about wealth in 10 years, the seed that you plant today will only bring you a level of wealth for today. And you have to plant new seed and new harvest tomorrow and new seed and every day. But the longer you think, it changes mm-hmm. what seed goes in the ground because some plants pop up and wither away. And some of them are meant to last, you know, like for decades. And so if you're not planting that kind of seed, the decade long generational seed every day, then you never get to see the forest grow. Like you only ever get like, you know, weeds and weeds is all you can hope for because that's all that pops up and dies in a day. You never get to see a forest grow in a day. I'm going to buy just a microphone that we can set right here. And when you give (laughs) answers like that, you can just go ahead and drop drop the mic mic and we'll just in the pot. That's it. All right. So (laughs) that's it. I guess we'll see you guys next time. But before we go... (laughs) Yeah, we, we're done. We're, we're done. No more okay, questions. So before, I'm not, not going to get better than that. Yeah. I don't know, Tommy. I, I say that every day when I hear you talk. And then here we are. Um, <laughs> if you haven't already, uh, subscribe to this podcast or check us out on Instagram. It's Lead Fast Co. 
at Lead Fasco. And also we have a website that has a lot of resources and course content that will have lots of answers just like this and many more that is truly life-changing. It's leadfastco.com. Uh, check it out when you have a chance and we'll see you guys next time.